Forgiveness is not trust. And I think that's so important for people to know. Uh, forgiveness is granted and forgiveness is given. But trust is earned yes. and trust is built. And, um, and, and sometimes, like I said, so reconciliation isn't always possible. But if it's a, a type of situation, the type of relationship or reconciliation is possible, then two things have to be present. One is forgiveness. The, the, the party that's, you know, uh, that's the victim. They have to be willing to forgive. And then the second thing, and it's on the part of the, you know, the guilty party, they have to repent, right? They have to change their mind. They have to be willing to say, you know, change their ways. I, I did wrong. I'm sorry. So reconciliation and trust are really um, built on the foundation of forgiveness and repentance. Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast with Al Jennings. When you receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. Listen in as we discuss the effortless life of God's grace. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast. I'm excited because today we're going to share with you the teaching ministry of Grant Fraley, and um, I'm going to introduce him and we'll get started. I'll turn him loose. All right. So Grant Fraley is a husband, father, and minister. He currently serves as the associate pastor of Grace Point Church in Georgetown, Kentucky. He's also an area advocate of ARMI, that's Association of Related Ministries International. Grant Fraley Ministries produces a weekly podcast. Grant is also the host of a weekly radio broadcast, The Voice of Grace His passion is to make the truth of Scripture clear to all believers. Grant is married to Keisha, and they have two sons. Welcome to the podcast, Grant Fraley, everybody. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Al. Yes, sir, man. We're excited about having you. Hey, first, let me ask you, um, how did you get connected with uh, Jeremiah? We have no idea. <laughs> we, we uh, when we share that with people, we tell people we don't we don't remember how we got connected. I just remember uh, we lived about two hours away, and um, I remember we would watch the live streams when we were coming into the truth of the gospel and faith, righteousness, and grace. Um, that was the closest place we knew that taught the gospel. So we were we would watch their live stream every Sunday, and I would assume that eventually I reached out to him through that, but we can't really remember, you know, we just, we began attending Grace Point in 2015 and, you know, we've been there ever since apart from, you know, like I said, we did a year in Colorado, but other than that. (laughs) Yeah. I love Jeremiah, man. I love how he's just off the cuff, man. And it's hard to get him into any kind of structure, bro. And, um, I, (laughs) you know, when, when I, I sent all my guests out these uh, forms or whatever, and I, I knew it was going to be a long shot for him to fill out that form. So yeah. I just like, and, and I was trying to get him for a long time. So when I finally got him, I said, man, if, just click, click the link. I gave him the link and uh, we just go for it because <laughs> yeah, I, I knew talk- how it was going to be. 
Yeah, we complement one another well. I'm more the organized one, and and he's more like you said, the off the cuff one. You know, like we yeah. all the time. Uh, I can see that. I think I, I think I keep up with his schedule better than he does. <laughs> you know, and it's like just just like a week it. or so ago, yeah, just a week or so ago, I heard him giving people these dates, and I pulled him aside. I was like, you, "You've got the wrong dates," you know. And so then we went over that, but yeah, so we we complement one another well. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I know he appreciates that too. So before we get into our subject, we're going to talk about um, walking in forgiveness, and I'm excited about this topic. Uh, how did you get a revelation of the gospel of grace? So as I shared with you, I was raised in, in Appalachia, you know, and so it's a, it's a legalistic culture. Mm. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm 35 now, and I've actually been in pastoral ministry my entire adult life. I went to pastoral ministry when I was 19. And mm. so I came into an understanding of the gospel of grace when I was around 20, 25 years old. So there was that five or six years there where um, I didn't understand faith or righteousness. I didn't understand the gospel of grace, but I've always had an appreciation for the word. I've always, I grew up, I always tell people I grew up in a legalistic area, but I didn't grow up in a legalistic home. Um, mm. So that was very important. You know, so I always admired the scriptures and I always had a passion for the scriptures. And uh, all I can remember is I used to listen to Creflo Dollar every day, you know, and when Creflo began to really minister grace is when I began to really listen to him and get a hold of it. And mm. so that, that really just, that was that. And I'd just been through some church hurt. I'd made some mistakes. I'd been hurt by, you know, by some churches and things like that. So just had, had been through some stuff. You know, and, and I'd, I'd made a lot of mistakes on my own. And so, I, you know, I came to the end of myself. And uh, so really it was through that teaching ministry and just seeing it in the scripture and, and hearing it from someone who made it so abundantly clear and then just digging in for myself, uh, you know. And once I seen it, you know, there was just no looking back. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. That is so awesome. I love Creflo, man. I, I yeah. appreciate how he came out with uh when when he got a hold of it and he just came out and and hit the ground running with it bro yeah yeah we went to uh we went to his his grace life conference a few weeks well yeah i saw i saw that yeah and it was it was a blast we had a great time it was our first time getting to be at his church and it was awesome (laughs) yeah that's so cool well let's get into um this this topic of of forgiveness now Mm -hmm. we know that the word of God tells us that because of the finished work of Jesus, we've been forgiven of all of our sins, past, present, and future. All right. And so we who have been forgiven by God should be willing to extend that forgiveness to others. Right. And this is, this is such an important topic because if we don't handle this correctly, it can have negative consequences right yep yeah yeah Yeah. so you know what i have found is that unforgiveness is a pandemic in the church and Mm. uh you know and it seems what has amazed me is i have found it to be more so even among those who understand the truth that you just laid out that the new covenant clearly you know, the New Testament clearly lays out that we're forgiven of all of our sin, past, present, and future. That sin will never be imputed to the believer. 
And so I, but I found so many, even within the grace community struggle to forgive others for what they've done. And, you know, I understand, I try to be, um, I try to be understanding with people. And I know, you know, this Al. I know you deal with this probably more than I have, but you know, I have people just, just a week or so ago, my wife and I had someone get up with us real late one night and shared something they just went through. And my wife said it literally made her sick to her stomach when she heard it. You know, people have experienced uh, horrific things, terrible things. And uh, so I, so, you know, we, we understand that, but I just have found that unforgiveness is, is really a pandemic and we have to learn. I think we need to learn what forgiveness is. I think we need to learn how to forgive and why we should forgive. And, and all these things are important. And, you know, this is something we all have to, because here's the thing we were just talking mm-hmm. about the gospel of grace, right? But ultimately our calling, like my calling, your calling is not to teach grace. You know, it's not to teach faith. Ultimately, every believer has the same calling. Now, we have giftings that are different, but every believer has one calling. And that one calling is to be conformed to the image of Jesus. And the one we're called to be conformed to his image is the one who, in his greatest moment of betrayal, right, when he's on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So that's the image that we are to behold. And as we as we behold that image, that's the image we conform to. So I, I just think it's it's just such an important topic. It's a topic that the New Testament emphasizes a lot, both before the cross and then even after the cross. Right. You know, Paul talks about it. He says that we're to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. And I think it's important for people to know, like you just said, we're not talking about forgiving as a legal transaction, well, if I don't forgive, then God's going to hold forgiveness from me. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about when you realize how much you've been forgiven um, and you, you begin to grasp that truth, we should be willing to offer that same forgiveness to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, that, that, that sounds good, but how do we put it into practice yeah. where, when the rubber meets the road, when we've been hurt, right? Yeah. And legitimate yeah. hurt, and people have— yeah. Uh, all of us have experienced wrong done to us, right? Yeah. How do we apply yeah, so, that? Yeah. So, you know, Jesus gives the parable, right? In Matthew 18 and 21 through 35, you know, and it's, it's about the servant who is forgiven much. And what's interesting about that parable is, you know, in the church and listen, I, I believe in it. You know, there's a lot of talk, especially in our faith circles about supernatural debt cancellation, what Jesus teaches in that parable of the, the unforgiving steward, he teaches that every believer has actually experienced the supernatural debt collection or cancellation, right? We, we've all been supernaturally forgiven of all of our sin, past, present, and future. And, but Isaiah 43, 25 is really the one that is, it's the verse that really taught me something and, and taught me a valuable lesson. Isaiah 43, 25, it says, I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions. But here's the part that really ministered to me for my own sake. Right? So that was really big in helping me understand this because so many times the question we have is, you know, why should I forgive someone? And, and we can get to that here in a minute. But First, I think we need to understand what is forgiveness. You know, I think that's very important Yeah. Uh, because forgiveness is not 
choosing to do life with someone again. Forgiveness is mm. not necessarily <laughs> reconciliation. Forgiveness is not trust. Um, forgiveness mm. is first Corinthians 13, five says, you know, we know that God is love according to first John four, first Corinthians 13, five in the new living translation, it says that love keeps no records of being wronged. So, you know, forgiveness is when I choose to no longer keep a record of being wronged. I choose to no longer, um, you know, remember or, or keep in mind, keep in the front of my mind and meditate on and think upon what people have done to me and how they have wronged me. But what he says there in Isaiah is I forgive. So this is God speaking. I forgive for my own sake, you know, so that's important because God here is saying, you know, and don't get me wrong. There is this element of, you know, God forgives for us, but here he is telling Isaiah, I forgive for my own sake. And that's what we need to learn about why we should forgive. You should forgive for your own sake. You need to, Mm. the reason you need to get rid of, destroy the record of wrongs, the record of what others have done to you, isn't necessarily for them. Now, it can be good for them if they're, you know, willing to repent and be reconciled and things like that. But even if they never do, and that's not something they're, you know, that's not always possible. I'm aware of that. We can get to that in a little bit. But um, you, we need to forgive for our own sake. Because what a lot of people do, we, we, we choose not to forgive thinking that we're protecting our heart when in actuality, all unforgiveness does is damage our heart. You know, mm. how many people are stuck in that cycle of shame, stuck in that cycle of condemnation, stuck in that cycle of bad decisions because they choose or they're refusing to choose forgiveness because it is important. And you asked what is, you know, how do we forgive? It's also important to know. This is very important to know. Forgiveness is it never it will never begin with a feeling. You'll never forgive. You'll never forgive if you're wanting to go by a feeling. Right. Forgiveness is a choice. It's an intentional choice. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to keep, you know, a record of wrong. And there in Isaiah 40, 20, uh, 43 and 25, he then says, and I will remember their sin no more. Right. That word remember in the Hebrew, it means to mention, to be mindful, to recount, to record, to bring to remembrance, to think on or to recall. So forgiveness is not a supernatural brainwashing. Right. It's not where all of a sudden you're just completely oblivious to what's been done, to what's happened to you, to what's in the past. But it's rather you making this intentional choice that you're not going to mention it, that you're not going to think on it, that you're not going to recount it, that you're not going to speak about it, that you're not going to recall it. And listen, there are times, you know, and you know, as a pastor and I deal with it. Listen, there are times things have to be dealt with. There are times things have to be talked about. There are things that. There are times that things have to be made public, but I'm talking about what's going on in your own heart and in your own thought life. Mm -hmm. It's just making that choice. And it does begin with the choice. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep thinking about this. I'm not going to keep, you know, reliving this over and over. I taught this about a month ago in a church. I was guest speaking at a church and I had a lady speak up after and she asked a great question. 
She said, what did you do when you thought you'd forgiven someone? And then those feelings and those thoughts and those memories come back. And what I shared with her was you just forgive them again. You just, because it's a, it's a choice, you know, you just keep, you just keep forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. Just each time that comes up, you just make that decision. No, I'm not going to dwell here. I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to move on. I'm going to release this because the word forgive, you know, I love it in the Greek. The word forgive actually carries the idea of sending it away. And, and what that, you know, if you think about what that means from the heart, it's like, okay, I'm getting this out of my heart. I'm not going to let it affect me anymore. I'm not going to let it, uh, I'm not going to let it determine how I live my life. I'm not going to let it determine the fruit that it brings in my life. And because, you know, the word, um, the word heart and a house are actually connected in the Hebrew language. And I find that very interesting because the Hebrew language is a, is a very mm -hmm. pictorial language, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's interesting because if you think about a house, in this house that I'm in, there are many access points. What do I mean by that? Doors, windows. There are mm -hmm. ways that thieves can get in the access points if they're left unchecked, if they're left unlocked. And that's the way it is in our heart. And uh, there are... And the access points to our hearts actually are our beliefs, our, our thought patterns, right? And and unforgiveness is one of those access points sometimes that we give to the enemy. So the way we make sure that all the access points are locked uh, from the enemy is we make an intentional choice. No, that's really, really good. And I was looking up the scripture as you were sharing in Mark eleven twenty five, the first part of that from the Amplified, it says, and, what, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Leave it, let it go. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's what it is. That's what forgiveness is. It's you making the decision that you're going to let it go. You know, that you're going to sit Yep, that, that you're going to send it away. And I, I love that, that that definition of sending away because I think it really paints a picture in your heart. You know, mm -hmm. you are literally, because it's here and you're getting rid of it. You're, you're sending it away. You're not going to be weighed down by it anymore. Uh, right. Because going back to the heart and the house, in a house there's only so much room. You know, if you just, <laughs> if you just, if you hoard everything you get, eventually you're going to run out of room. And that's the way the heart is. There's only so much room in the heart. And, you know, so Jesus good. wants, Jesus wants all that room, right? You know, I always, I was always uh, blown away by Ephesians where it talks about uh, Paul's praying and he, and he goes on, he says that Christ may dwell in your heart. And he's talking to the church here. And I thought that was such a strange you know, thing for him to say, because we talk about inviting Jesus into our heart and things like that. And that's another subject for another day. But the heart, you know, it's 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 really a combination of our spirit and our soul. And Jesus does sit in our we're one with him in our spirit. But in our soul, sometimes we don't necessarily put him on the throne of our heart. Right. And what I, what do I mean by that? Because we're not thinking you know, the thoughts we should think. We're not thinking the thoughts that line up with, you know, his grace uh, our, our righteousness and, you know, on and on we could go. So, but yeah, that, that's a great illustration. You know, that, that translation, I mean, that's, that's perfectly put. Yeah. 
Now, you touched on something, and you kind of said it in passing, but I, I thought it was very significant that forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean reconciling. Mm-hmm. Now, it's one thing when it's your your spouse. <laughs> okay. Yep. Right, right. <laughs> but yep. there are some people that we're just not supposed to hang with. That mm-hmm. you, you can forgive them, but not necessarily invite them to the barbecue. Right? Yep, yep. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, I put it this way. We're we're caught. We are. I'm going to use the word commanded because I think that makes people realize how uh, heavy of an issue it is. But we're commanded to forgive everyone, but we are not commanded to do life with everyone. And I think that's really important that people know that. It right? is important. Uh, because there, there's just like you said, there's just some people you're not supposed to run with. There's some people you can't run with. You know, if Judas had repented and he has came back into the tried to come back into the fold, I highly doubt they would put him back in charge of the money. <laughs> right. You know, just 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 a guess. I don't think he would have been in charge of the money. But forgiveness is not trust. And I think that's so important for people to know. Uh, forgiveness is granted and forgiveness is given, but trust is earned yes. and trust is built. And, um, and, and sometimes, like I said, so reconciliation isn't always possible. But if it's a, a type of situation, the type of relationship or reconcili- reconciliation is possible, then two things have to be present. One is forgiveness. The, the, the party that's, you know, um, that's the victim. They have to be willing to forgive. And then the second thing, and it's on the part of the, you know, the guilty party, they have to repent, right? They have to change their mind. They have to be willing to say, you know, change their ways. I, I did wrong. I'm sorry. So reconciliation and trust are really um, built on the foundation of forgiveness and repentance, right? And that's why, you know, Jesus talks about that in Matthew 18. Jesus clearly laid out the process um, that he would have. And now, of course, he's speaking with the idea of two believers, and it's not always between two believers. But there's so much wisdom in that. But, yeah, so reconciliation isn't always possible. But when it is, those things have to be present forgiveness and repentance but it is important for people to know because when when you begin talking about the need to forgive others people automatically think you're saying all right just accept what they've done and just invite them back in and act like nothing ever happened and that's not what forgiveness is that's actually ignorance you know because jesus jesus told us okay you can never you're we're not the judge right and and what jesus meant when he said judge not he was talking about claiming to know why someone did yeah. what they did. The motive. Why, you know, it, yeah, the motive and the intention, which again is an issue of the heart. And the Bible is clear that only God knows the heart. Right. And that's actually what qualifies him to be the judge of all men, because he's the only one who knows the hearts of all mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. And um, so... You know, so Jesus said, don't judge. But then he goes down and he says, but by their fruit, you will know them. So we don't judge or try to figure out well why they did what they did. Mm-hmm. But what we do is present them with the fruit. You know, that's, that's this so is what, good. Yeah, this is what happened. And this is how it affected me. But now if we begin to move into judgment. 
one, we're just causing us more pain and we're making reconciliation. Just it's just getting tougher to get to that place. But as long as we remain out of judgment and we just present them the fruit, uh, then, you know, like I said, if it's a situ- situation where reconciliation is possible, then that's going to make it easier. Right. We, we just we're allowed and we should observe and test and present people with the fruit that we've seen in their life. You know, Paul, even when he talked to Timothy about ministry, he said, commit these things to faithful men. Right. So, and then he would, in another place, he said, you know, Hey, listen, not, not someone who's just starting this walk out, right. You don't make them a bishop. You don't make them a deacon. And, and he, he lists his reasons for that. So trust is earned and trust is built and forgiveness is not, is not that right trust is something if we're going to head towards reconciliation but you know in in the the gospel or the epistles of john john would say listen don't don't invite this one into your home and don't eat with one and paul would even talk about that don't Mm -hmm. eat with this one and people need to understand that what's that talking about don't do life with this person right Mm -hmm. there's certain people you just have to realize i can't do life with those people and um that's just important to know it is. I'm thinking about what, what Jesus said when he told the disciples when he sent them out, when you go into a city and they don't receive you, mm-hmm. shake the dust off your feet. Yeah. I mean, go go to the next town. Yep. And there, there are people, if you allow them to, will control you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to separate yourself from some people, but at the same time, make a choice to forgive them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's, that's important because if you know, if you, there's people you need to separate yourself from. And when you separate yourself from them, you need to do it both. For example, we just tend to think of like what you just said physically, right? We, I got to get away from this person. I can't do life with this person. Well, don't separate yourself from them physically, but yet keep yourself attached to them in your soul Mm. and in your heart. By always thinking about what they did, by making decisions based on, you know, uh, just based on them and what they've done. You know, if you're going to detach yourself from them, you might as well detach yourself from them completely. You know, don't don't live with them, not in front of you physically, but always before the eyes of your heart. Don't go there. Completely detach yourself from them. Yeah, that's that's so good. And um, as I was thinking about this podcast, um, I thought about how much we've been forgiven. And what helps me is in forgiving somebody else for whatever they may have done to me, to think about how much God has forgiven us. I mean, I mean, that's, we say all our, all of our sins have been forgiven past, present, and future, and, and that's true. But when you stop and think about that, that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I yep. mean, look at all the stuff that we have done and the fact that he, he not only forgave us, he changed our nature. I mean, he took that old stony heart out of us. He made us new creations. He made us the righteousness of God. We have Jesus very own righteousness, not because of anything we've done, but all because of Jesus. Yeah. 
Yep. And it's just, and that, that goes right with the parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew chapter 18. You know, Jesus is telling about this servant who had this great debt and, mm-hmm. and this debt was forgiven. But yet this servant goes out and he demands the money from people who owed him much lesser than what he owed his yeah. master. Right? And, and I, I bring that up. This is the way I kind of look at that. Think about it. You know, a lifetime of sin that we have and God's erased it. God's forgiven it. And yet we hold on to what someone did. And, you know, and even if someone did some something to you for a long period of time, you know, it's still just a moment of time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we've had this lifetime of sin forgiven, but yet we hold on to what someone did in this, this small amount of time. Yeah. And, and I just think that what Jesus has done through the gospel, what God has done through the gospel is they have, um, showed us the power of forgiveness because when we get a revelation of how much we've been forgiven, you know, what was the problem with the servant? The servant, even though he was forgiven, he didn't really take to heart just what had happened. You know, he just knew his, you know, he was, you know, that he didn't know anything. But then he, but when it really impacts your heart and you realize, and that's why Paul always came at it from the motive. Anytime Paul told the church or, you know, or a believer to forgive, he always brought up how you've been forgiven because it's, it's kind of, he's trying to call your attention to something that this, that's the picture the gospel gives us. Look at the power of forgiveness. Look at the power of just letting that stuff go. Mm-hmm. So that that's just one of, it might be the most powerful thing about the gospel, you know, how we're forgiven uh, of all these great offenses. I just, like you said, it's, it's, it's mind blowing and it's hard to wrap our brain around. And going back to what I said earlier about, we should forgive for our own sakes back in Matthew 18 uh, with that parable of the unforgiving servant. Jesus says that, you know, this one is going to be delivered to the tormentors. And, you know, we when we deal with legalism and stuff, we tend to view as everything as heaven and hell and a salvation issue. So we're like, oh, the tormentors, that's, you know, that's hell. And that's not what he's talking about. And how do I know? Because he says, be paid, you know, you'll be given to the tormentors until the debt is paid in full, right? So whatever uh, torment he's talking about here, it's possible to get out of it by paying the debt. So, you know, what he's talking about is, listen, when we walk in unforgiveness, it, the tormentors are our thoughts. Mm. You know, it just, it's, it's tormenting to walk in unforgiveness. And when we look at ourselves, when, before I understood the forgiveness of sin, and I was always trying to get forgiven. I can remember every night my wife and I would pray together and every night we'd say, Lord, don't know what we did today, but if there's anything <laughs> we've done, you know, forgive us for it. Right. And, you know, that that's the way we, we are. But when we realize how much we've been truly forgiven, I mean, man, it's it's like I said, when we behold that image of Jesus and we see God on the cross in a body forgiving those who have done this to him, uh, 
that's just that's a powerful image you know so the gospel i think we put uh, we we don't talk about this issue enough because i don't think we see how much it's really highlighted even under the new covenant you know this this is actually an issue i did some research on this out when i was really studying this out to teach on it um i did some research and i could and i messaged ministers i knew and you know i've looked at all the commentaries i did the google searches i can't come up with one old testament scripture that directly commands us to forgive other people i can't and the interesting thing about that is in in uh the gospels if you remember when jesus that man they lift him down they tear the roof off they lift him down and jesus says son your sins be forgiven you the crowd got upset because they said who can forgive sins but god only and i did some some research and it said that every time the word forgive is used in the hebrew in the old testament it's always god to man it's never man to man and that that's interesting to me mm. and and it gives us an insight why that crowd just could not fathom that you know why they could not understand this so really forgiving others is a new testament issue it's a new covenant issue because you know it's again it goes back to being conformed to the image of jesus and what do i mean by that we're looking we want to look like jesus we want to live like jesus not to earn anything but just because that's who he's made us that's who we are and you know like romans 12 2 talks about you know basically i can't i think it's a new living translation where it talks about you know presenting your bodies a living sacrifice and it says for this is your reasonable service right i mean what it's the right thing to do when we realize how much we've been forgiven the right thing to do we could say the righteous thing to do not for righteous righteousness but you know an instruction in righteousness is hey we've been forgiven let's offer that to others let's extend it to others you know forgiveness is actually a wonderful evangelism tool you know paul talks about that in romans 12 when he says listen you know um if you've got the opportunity to feed them feed them you know and he says and he just he brings out how powerful uh that is and so forgiveness is a it's a powerful tool and it's it's a new testament issue yeah that is so good man and i'm thinking as you're talking man my, my mind is spinning i'm thinking about one when jesus was on the cross what an example of of forgiveness i mean he um I mean, you're right. It's all over the New Testament. Jesus was was spit on. He was slapped. And it says, as a lamb before his shearer, he opened not his mouth. Mm-hmm. Man, how, how powerful. When when he could have called, just like when, when Peter rose up and tried to, tried to defend him that one time and took the sword out, you know, he's ready yeah. to throw down. Jesus said, man, you know, I, I, could, I could call for 12 legions of angels and, you know, get out of this thing. I mean, that's 72,000 angels. Yeah. And, uh, but he knew what his purpose was and he walked in forgiveness and, and Stephen, you know, when, when he was stoned, he said, father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Yeah. And, and you mentioned something about how it's a powerful witnessing tool, right? Because Mm -hmm. 
think about on the job when people that don't know God and they mistreat you and, and, and call you names and cuss you out and you just choose, make that choice to forgive and not let, not let that affect you. I mean, how powerful of a witness is that? Yep. Yeah, because when you choose the, to live unoffended, that, that's because we, we're experiencing a culture right, that is offended by everything. You know, we're offended by everyone. And when we're not offended, even when we have reason to be offended, mm-hmm. that's powerful. You know, one of my favorite stories in the Gospels and, uh, is when it talks about, so Mary, she's, she's pregnant. And Joseph has found out that she's pregnant. And there's something powerful it says in the Gospels. It says, but Joseph, being a just man, sought to put her away privately. Now, that's interesting to me because Joseph, right now, we know because we're reading the story, we know that she's not lying, that she's not being with with another man, right? Right, right? But now, if we're Joseph... Oh man, we don't believe that story. Yeah, you know, it's like, listen, it don't work that way. Oh man, <laughs> and, and, and imagine all the talk in the community, right? Yep. yep. Like, yep. yeah, so, right, so, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so if you're Joseph, you don't believe that, and so here he is. But what I'm getting at is, he had every reason, even according to the law, according to Deuteronomy 24, he had every reason to go public away. with it. Yeah, he had he had the he had every valid lawful reason to put her away. But yet the scripture calls him a just man because he was trying to think of a way that he could do it privately. And so I you know, you look at this this culture and like I said there are times that things have to go public. There are times that things have to be made known. Mm-hmm. But with social media you know, we just, we have fallen into the trap of making everything known. And if we look at what God said, or, you know, through the Holy Spirit, through Matthew, or or, yeah, as Matthew writing that gospel, the just thing to do is when possible, keep the matter private, you know, and I I think that's just a powerful tool. And, and it's just, because it's, it, it's just back to what you said about it being an evangelism tool and how we can use it in the workplace. Like I said, we live in a culture where everyone's offended. We and we live in a culture where it's easy to be offended, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's there's plenty. You're gonna have people that say things, that post things, and it gets under your skin. But when you're the person out on the job, when you're the person in the family, in the church, wherever, who's just saying, you know what, that's not gonna hold weight in my heart. That's not going to dictate, you know, the decisions I make and where I go, because here's the thing we we got to come into as well. I know there's a lot of teaching on that out there with unforgiveness, you know, that when we don't forgive, God withholds from us and things like that. It's not that, right? So because we we get over into Second Corinthians, and you know, in First Corinthians, Paul has dealt with the issue of this man who, you know, scholars say different things. Some say it was his, he slept with his mother-in-law. Some say his stepmother. Some say his actual mother. Some, you know, grievous sexual sin. And Paul gives them instructions for what they need to do. 
then we see in Second Corinthians 2, he begins dealing with it, and clearly this man had repented. So what's that mean? Based on what he said earlier, now reconciliation is possible as far as the church goes. But, but Paul says something interesting. You know, he says, listen, you forgive him because we are not ignorant of Satan's schemes, of Satan's devices. Mm-hmm. So what you were talking about earlier with Jesus forgiving on the cross, Stephen forgiving, being stoned. Anytime we choose to forgive, we are aligning ourselves with the forgiver, right? With the Savior. But we learn there with Paul in 2 Corinthians 2 that unforgiveness is actually a trick of the enemy. It's something that the devil uses. Here's a newsflash for some of us. Jesus will never use unforgiveness. Like it, it's not something he's he's giving the thumbs up for because this is this is a hard saying and I've been sharing this with people and I share it with people you know in counseling and things like that with them and this is this is hard to hear but your situation is not the exception and that's hard right that's hard to hear because like I said I've heard some gut-wrenching things from people but your situation is not the exception we got to find a way to let this go we got to find a way to move past this so when we forgive we actually align ourselves with jesus but when we don't forgive we actually align ourselves with the enemy Mm -hmm. and i don't mean you know all of a sudden we're not saved i don't mean god's going to start holding out on us but all of a sudden the enemy's got a, a open door right and i tell people you know, I've heard people talk about how things give the enemy a legal right. Listen, I want to, here's the way I view this. Um, the enemy never has a legal right in a believer's life. I don't care what's going on. That's, I don't, I don't see any proof that the enemy ever has a legal right into a believer's life. But here's the thing. He doesn't need a legal right. He's a thief, right? <laughs> he, he's, he's a killer. He, he's a destroyer. He doesn't need a legal right. He just needs an advantage. And that's what Paul says in Second Corinthians 12. He says that when we don't forgive, we give Satan the advantage. So, right. man, and don't, I don't, don't give if, Don't give place to the devil. Don't give him a, it, a foothold. It goes right along with that, right? Yes. Yeah. So I don't want to give the enemy any advantage in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give him a foothold in my life, right? I want him to have no access whatsoever. And that goes back to what we said in the beginning of this. Forgiveness is an intentional choice that you need to make for your own sake. So man, it's whoa, for no other. This is powerful, man, because we can stop it anytime we want to, man. Yep. Yep. I mean, yeah, we, we can, we can close the door to the enemy by simply forgiving. Yep. Yep. And that, so, you know, that's so important people see, because like I said, we think so many times we're justified in holding on to these things and we think it's hurting the other person. But it is hurting us, hurting us, right? I mean, you know, like if that other person wants reconciliation, then yes. And, and reconciliation, it's a situation where it's possible. Then, yeah, you could be hurting that person. But most of the time, I mean, every time you're holding on to unforgiveness, it's hurting you. And, and I think that's just so, when you see that, when you realize this is something you need to do for your own sake. And I like what you said. So many people. You know, they come up and they're, you know, and, and I've been through it in my life where we're like, all right, 
everything's going wrong. All this stuff stuff is happening. You'd be surprised at how many times if you really stop and talk to people, they're holding on to something. You know, they're they're refusing to let something go that's happened to them. And because here's the thing, I found that um forgiveness is freedom. And in freeing others, what ends up happening is we end up freeing ourselves. And I think that that's such a crucial point. You know, if we want to live in freedom, if we want to live in liberty, we have got to cultivate a heart of forgiveness. I mean, I'm talking, I believe you can get to that place. If you really get this in your heart, you can get to that place where the moment the wrong is done, you send it away. You know, that's why we're talking about walking in forgiveness, not just forgiving someone. But I'm talking about walking, walking in, where every, every time you have the chance to be offended, every time you have the chance to hold on to something, you let it go. You send it away. You drop it. You you choose to not to not let it affect you. Yeah. Wow. That that is so, so good. So powerful. And you said something earlier about. We only have so much room in our heart. Right. Mm-hmm. And. um out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said the mouth speaks and social media, you see it, you mentioned it, but you can see unforgiveness expressed so much on social media because people, they have to have an outlet. Mm-hmm. If, if they, if they don't make the choice to forgive, they sometimes want to get somebody to side with them. Like yeah. look at what somebody did to me. How could they yeah. do that? And then they get comfort from the feedback. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. And people will just, you know, agree with you and, and you choose not to let it go, but then you're feeding on these comments of people siding with you. Right. Yep. Yeah. And that, that's what, so and there's no freedom in that. Exactly. And it actually just create, it just starts a change. Cycle. You know, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a cycle that you just, you know, it just keeps going. Yeah. And, uh, and keep you know rehearsing and, that in your mind, yes. going back over it and over it. Yep, and that's putting what I'm you deeper and deeper in bondage. Yeah, and if we understand that forgiveness is a is a decision, an intentional intentional decision to let things go out of your heart, you know that's that's just what we need to see. And and you you um you brought up. You know, I want to bring up two points because there's there's things, you know, forget this. Walking out forgiveness, it will it will look different for everyone. You know, Mm -hmm. there may be things you have to do and things. It'll look different for everyone. But there are certain things that I can guarantee you will be present in each situation. And one of those is God's going to lead you or direct you if if. He doesn't speak it to you. He tells you in the scripture to pray for that individual, to pray for that person. We had a situation um, five years ago or four years ago. Um, you know, we we lost a son. Right? We lost an 11-year-old son. He went to be with Jesus. And so we're in this grieving process, okay? And like a month after we lost our son, and, you know, I'm using that term loosely. I don't like to use that term, but uh, we know where he is, so he's not lost. But, um, yeah. you know, a month after 
my wife received these text messages and, you know, they were vile, they were vicious, you know, they were just, it was not the, it was not the time or the place for her to hear that. And so like for months, it would make me, every time I would think about it, I would get so angry, you know, and it was like, how dare this person do that? How dare these people, you know, say what they said. And uh, one morning I dropped my son off from school and I only had like a 10 minute drive home. And I heard the Lord, you know, instruct me. He's like, you pray for that person. You need to pray for that person. And so I spent the rest of the drive home, so five, six minutes, praying for that person. And I cannot express how, you know, free it made me. I mean, it truly was. When I say forgiveness is freedom, I experienced it right then. And you know, and I blessed this person when I was praying for them. Yes, I was praying that they would get a revelation of the gospel and that they would know how much God loves them. You know, yes, I prayed about these things, but I was blessing them. You know, I was praying that they would that that they would receive favor, that opportunity would, you know, because what happens? The goodness of God, and you preach this out, the goodness of God is what will lead man to repentance, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I Praying for the person is always going to be involved. That's something he's always going to have us do. And then another thing is that we're instructed to do is bless and curse not. And I think that's also powerful. And, you know, we could look at that. We tend to look at blessing as doing something. But biblically speaking, blessing is actually something that begins with a spoken word. You know, and I always tell people, the best thing I can do for you if you're in a bad situation, if it's within my means, you know, if you're hungry, then yeah, you need a meal. But also the best thing I can do for you is to bless you. Like, you know, speak a blessing over you because mm. life and death is in the power of the tongue. So a blessing, the most simple definition we can give is a blessing is a spoken positive and a curse mm. is a spoken negative. That's good. And so, you know, another thing we need to learn to do is let's bless them. And let's not curse them again. Are there situations where you have to tell, you know, tell, Hey, here's what's happened, you know, you know, and speak the bad. Sure. But man, don't take every opportunity you get to run somebody down, pass on it. You know, I mean, listen, there, there's people who bring up people to me and I can't really, you know, there's a lot of negative stuff I could say, but I think of the one positive I can say, you know, and, and if I'm going to say anything, you know, I'm going to speak that positive, not the negative. And so, you know, there's just little things like that we can do. We can pray for the person. We can choose because what made me think about the blessing and curse, not what you said about social media. I don't I'm going to pass on the opportunities and there's going to be plenty of them to run people down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our pastor, Jeremiah Johnson, one of my favorite quotes of his is you know you've matured in grace when you no longer feel the need to justify yourself to your critics. Yeah. You know, that's one of my favorite quotes of his. And bring this over into this area. You know you have matured when you don't feel the need to justify yourself to people. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what they did to me. This is why my hurt is justified. Your pain is justified. Your hurt and pain is justified. If you've been done wrong, sure. But listen, you're just making it worse holding on to these things. Mm-hmm. L- look to Jesus and let it go. Yeah. And, and he will heal those wounds mm-hmm. and, he will, and that's com- important. he will comfort you. You have the comforter 
the helper on on the inside of you, right? And it's it's our it's our nature. It's not hard to forgive when you understand it's your nature to do so. Yep. Yep. And so even, and that's so important that you brought that up because, you know, I teach a lot on grief and I've been teaching a lot on, on this situation about, you know, walking in forgiveness. And one of my favorite things is you're justified. Like I said, in, in that sense, sure. Your pain is understandable. You're hurt. It's no one's saying you're wrong to be hurt. Uh, but the good news is, you have a savior who wants to heal your heart. I mean, I'm real big on physical healing. Al, you wrote a great book on healing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a full believer in walking in divine healing and divine health. But we need to also realize the same one who wants to heal our physical ailments also mm-hmm. wants to heal our heart. Absolutely. And that's what we need. I believe you can get to that place. Just like if you got something going on in your body, Jesus can heal you to such a degree that, man, that's that's gone, right? It, it, it doesn't, it no longer affects your life. It no longer runs your life. He can do the same work in your heart. And, you know, I think we need more emphasis on that in the body of Christ because I think sometimes we cultivate, you know, and I'm using that term at large, uh, you know, we, we, we can cultivate this environment of, you know, you can hold on to that. You don't have to let that go. And, uh, and that's just, that's just not right. You know, he is the healer, the same one who's the healer of our bodies. Jehovah Rapha doesn't just heal bodies. He also heals hearts. Yeah, man. That's, that's so good, man. Wow. And you touched on this and Jesus talked about, loving your enemies. Mm-hmm. You, you talked about the application things that we, we all can do to um, do good, like speaking, speaking a word over them, mm-hmm. do good to those who despitefully use you. And we can, it's something we can all do concerning our enemies, pray for them, um, do good to those who hurt you, pray for those who despitefully use you. And Jesus went on to say, if you just love those who love you, Unbelievers do that. Mm-hmm. And, and again, goes back to what a powerful testimony it is when we extend that forgiveness that Jesus yep. extended to us and we pass yep. that on to others, man. It's just, it's just so powerful, man. And it, it will speak to people and people mm-hmm. will notice, man, look at what they did what they did to you and, and man, you, you just seem unfazed by it. Yeah. 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 And the principle, you know, I, one of my favorite things to teach on is seed time and harvest. And I, I'm just talking about money, right? It applies to money, but it applies to everything in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a common, you know, when I teach on seed time and harvest, here's how I start out. Seed time and harvest was established in Genesis one, right? But the first time God really says that in the scriptures, Genesis eight twenty two, Genesis eight twenty two is before the old covenant. It's before the new covenant, and Genesis eight twenty two doesn't say seed time and harvest will continue until the new covenant. You know, it, it doesn't say that. It says as long as the earth remains, so will seed time and harvest. Forgiveness, and here's why I'm getting at that: forgiveness is a seed that you can sow. You can sow forgiveness into someone's life. And when you do that, 
and you trust God to water that seed, who knows what it can do? Man, there are people, because here's the thing, I love, I love to mention this. We all have villains in our story, right? The bad guy in our story. And I, I share with people, you know, when I began to forgive the villains in my story is when I began to hear other people's stories and I was the villain in their story, you know, and when I realized that I'm someone's villain and I realized, man, I, re- I, I regret that I did that. I'm sorry that I did that. And even if it's not justified and I don't see myself as the villain, I'm sorry that you see it that way. Right. So when I s- realize that I've done some stupid stuff that I want other people to forgive me of, then, you know, I need to forgive others. It's a seed you can sow. When you forgive other people, I'm telling you, you will find that people forgive you easier. Uh, when I mess up, when I make mistakes, especially, you know, when like within our local congregation, you know, I'm not perfect. So when I might say something the way I shouldn't have said it, or maybe I've, you know, done something I probably should have done in a different way. I have found people forgive me much quicker. And I truly believe it's because of the seeds of forgiveness I've sown. Right. And so when people come to me with stuff, I let it go really quick. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm quick to forgive. I'm, I'm quick to say, okay, let's just move past that. So, you know, you have no idea what kind of harvest uh, a seed of forgiveness can can produce. Wow. Boy, if everybody gets a hold of, of what you're talking about, I mean, I've, I've learned some things from you today, Grant. It's just, just so awesome. And, man, it, it'll change your life. It, it'll bring freedom when you really, really get a hold of this. One more thing yeah. before I let you go. How mm-hmm. do I know if I've truly forgiven someone? Oh, that, yeah, that's a great question. I think I think you you know you've truly forgiven someone when the thought, the sight, or the memory of that person or what they did, it doesn't take your peace. It doesn't. It mm-hmm. doesn't. You don't find yourself um, rattled when someone mentions that person when you find out this person is near, you know, and again, give me grace for, for the situations we're discussing. But when, when you hear that person, when you think about that person, blood pressure don't rise up. Yep. Your blood pressure (laughs) don't rise up. You know, you're don't. that's, that's usually exactly the way I put it is what's so funny about that. that, When your blood pressure stays 120 over 80, think about that person that's when you know you forgive them but yeah man when 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 the thought or the sight or the mention of them doesn't steal your peace you know you've forgiven them and again it might not be a one-time thing you know there might be a trigger and and all of a sudden you find that coming back up do it all over again forgive them all over again you know just do it till you don't have to do it no more yeah that's good, man. We're going to leave it right there. But before we go, I'm, I'm just led to ask you to pray for someone who you may be listening and you've got somebody on your mind that does make your blood pressure grow up and something's been bothering you concerning what somebody's done to you. You've been hurt 
maybe by someone. Grant, I want you to to pray for those. Yeah. Yeah. Father, I thank you. Um, I thank you right now for the forgiveness that you have given to us in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that forgiveness is such a powerful seed that you have sown into the earth. And uh, Lord, right now I pray for that individual who has things in their past that they just find it hard to move on from. They've still got the records of wrong. They've still got the list of those who who done them wrong. Uh, I just speak right now revelation over them, yes. that they would see how important it is that they uh, erase the record, that they get rid of the record, that they get rid of the list, Father. I pray for that spirit of revelation. And I pray, Lord, for their hearts that are broken, their hearts that are bruised, their hearts that are injured. I pray right now that you do a work in them and that you heal their hearts. I speak healing to those injured hearts right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus. That from this moment on, that thought, that memory, uh, that presence, it will not disturb you anymore. But you have you as you make this choice, as you make this decision to let it go, you are free. So I speak that freedom right now in the name of Jesus. I speak healing right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray for wisdom for those who are in these situations where you know they don't know if reconciliation is possible or they're in a situation where it's just not possible. Lord, I speak a spirit of wisdom over them that they will know exactly how to handle this situation, exactly what they need to do. So they'll do what needs to be done in the natural, but at the same time, they'll do what they need to do in the spiritual, which is forgive, release, and let it go. And I just declare that their best days are ahead, that anything that's happened in the past, it is nothing compared to the good things that are ahead of them. I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Ooh, man. Praise God. Freedom, freedom, freedom. People are being freed up right now in Jesus' name. And you are right. The best days are ahead of you. Yes. All right. The rest of your days are the best of your days. Man, this was so good, Grant. Um, Before I let you go, how do people connect with you? Okay, yes, so we have a website, www.grantfraley.com. And uh, on there we've got, uh, you can find the link to our our podcast. It's on, you know, it's on all the main podcasting stations, Apple, Google, Amazon Music, Spotify, all that. The, The link will be on the website. And there, like I said, there's articles on the website. So grantfraley.com. There's a lot of uh, teaching through our church, gracepointgeorgetown.com as well. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put a link to um, your website, your podcast uh, in the show notes, and also a link to your Facebook page. He's got a lot of good stuff that he posts on Facebook. I really enjoy your Facebook post, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show, Grant. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a blast. Yes, sir. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'm Al Jennings. This is the Living by Grace podcast, and I am out. Thank you for joining us today for the Living by Grace podcast. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved. 
totally righteous and destined to win because of Jesus. Have an amazing day.